All right, guys, good day, and welcome to another episode of Father's Fire. My name is Jody Cedric, and every week we get together to explore the joys, the challenges, the triumphs, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. And my guest is getting all of that at one time. You're sorry. So, yeah, so Michael, so um, before we jump into you, I want to remind you guys that I'm part of the Speak Fire family. So make sure to check out the rest of the crew. They have some amazing podcasts all designed to bring out the best version of you. So go check them out. But I'm super excited. I've been wanting to get Michael back on. If you remember or if you I'll put a link to his podcast, uh, the episode where he was a guest previously, we actually talked about being a foster parent. And uh, but this time we're talking about being an adopted parent. <laughs> Because he recently adopted a beautiful baby girl. So congratulations. Thank you. And welcome to the show, man. I'm happy to be here. I'm glad we get to reconnect. Yeah, no, it's fun. I, I follow you on TikTok all the time. And man, you've gotten quite the following. I don't know if it's you or the babies or a combination. I just think it's the kids. It's got to be the kids. <laughs> I think it's a combination, especially that baby. In fact, the one that really hit me, you know, there were two that really hit me, right? The one where your little baby girls got RSV and, you know, your your heart's just pouring out to her. You're tired, you're worried, you're scared, you're concerned, all that stuff, man. And, and I remember that because our second son got RSV and he was in the hospital for like a week. Mm. So how are you doing? I'm doing good. Now that, that was an experience. I've never had uh, been a dad since 2014. I've never had that something like that. So that was so terrifying. Like, uh, of course, being new to have being a dad of a baby because of the boys came later uh, in their life. And, uh, it was just a very scary, scary uh, situation. And I'm like, I just, I just adopted you. Like, no, we can't, there's nothing bad can happen. And, um, but that was, that one night was the worst night and woke up the next morning. She started slowly getting better. And I was thankful of that. Yeah, no, it's, and, and you can see the love and hear the love in your voice. I mean, it's, it's amazing how, um, how an adopted kid, you know, I remember, and this is, this speaks to my naivete, you know, when my, when my son, when my brother first adopted kids, so he adopted three kids, two that are actually siblings and one that's not. And I remember one time he and I were having a conversation. Um, and this is when Judy and I had four kids biologically. And I asked him, and, and I, and I preface it, I go, I don't mean to be offensive. I, I just, I just want to know the answer to this question. So if I'm, if I'm offending, please accept my apology in advance. I go, but do, do they feel like they're yours? I, that's, that's, I, well, I wouldn't know any different because I, I've never had biological children. Uh, but, uh, I, I, I I, I assume so, I guess. Uh, I think I would do anything. Like just what, say if you just had biological children, you would jump in front and take a bullet for them, right? I would do the same thing. Uh, now having a girl now 
has amplified all the feelings. <laughs> I've ever had. But, like it's, um, it's, it's made me, uh, I was a sensitive, emotional kind of guy anyways, and it's made it worse. Like, <laughs> I started bawling my eyes, but, uh, like I would, yeah, it's definitely gotta be the same. It's definitely gotta be the same. Well, well, I share that because, um, one, I was really curious, right? I, and I think a lot of people in the back of their minds, they're asking that question, right? They, they're curious, right? And so up until that point, Judy and I had not adopted our two babies, right? And so we had four and then we adopted two. So now I've had the experience of having four biologically, and then I've had two that we have adopted and we adopted them well, we started the process when they were four and five, and they actually came to our home when they were eight and nine. So a long process of getting them from Haiti to home. And I can tell you, it's exactly the same. It's just God brought them to our home, into our family, different. Mm -hmm. The challenge has been is, you know, going through the attachment process, right? Because when... Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Because they're older, right? They were older when they came. And that's the same thing. Uh, my great nephews I adopted, uh, I didn't have a relationship with my youngest, great, uh, youngest of the two. I just, I didn't even know he existed. And first time I met him was at the DCS office when I brought him home. Clayton, the oldest, I had a little bit of a relationship with him, but here they are. Blake came home at four, then Clayton at nine. And I was worried about Clayton at nine because how do how does that connection happen i was so i was so worried about it but then it just happened yeah it, it's crazy how that does so let's talk about the difference because you know your your first boys that you adopted came older now you got this little baby and <laughs> you can't th that has to be completely different bringing a baby into the home versus you know kids that are a little bit older. I mean, there's a whole difference. <laughs> uh, like, because, and it's, I get, I think my emotions are amplified because I missed out on those first uh, very important years of Blake and Clayton's life. And I didn't get to see the, 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 the first smile, the first coup, the first giggle, uh, the rolling over and almost crawling now. I've never got to experience that. Uh, and even as, disgusting as changing diapers is like <laughs> i missed out on that and i feel blessed that i get to change a diaper now uh i still hold my nose and gag the whole time but uh, it's it's different um and I, I, of course on tiktok a lot some folks are like wow you just post about it a lot and i'm like you know what the boys i've spent years and years talking about our family and now this little one she's gonna shine for a little bit but some people are like, well, do you love her more? And I was like, no, the experience is just different. Yeah. And, and it really is, right? It's like the feeling is exactly the same, but the experience of, you know, having your children that you raised from the moment they came out of my wife to the point, you know, where, where we adopted our kids and they came to us older and they had a whole slew of experiences before they even came to our home. Right. Mm -hmm. And those experiences were good and they were bad. Right. And so in some respects, they come with some hurt and some sorrow and some hope, but fear and concern. 
And, you know, that's a crazy dynamic to introduce to your family and being able to navigate that as a dad sometimes can be a bit of a challenge. Definitely challenging. Definitely. Uh, and, you know, Clayton, when he came uh, at nine years old and Blake, Blake was uh, seven, almost seven, I believe. Um, I was extremely worried because uh they were biological brothers. They are biological brothers. And while they were together before they went to foster care was uh, not very good situations. The behaviors, uh, the environment, uh, all that stuff was not so good. And so reconnecting them, I was super concerned and it was, it was a challenge and there was regression on both sides. And, mm. uh, and then you could see, especially in Clayton, who was the oldest of the siblings that went to foster care that how the trauma affected him more than the younger children. And so, um, but you see, you see a lot when children, you know, go into foster care and they're coming to you, whether there's, they're just a foster placement or you're going to adopt them. There's, you, you experience a lot of those kind of situations from their past and trying to navigate through that. It can be challenging. Yeah. So how are your boys doing with the baby girl? They're like the best big brothers ever. <laughs> they're like, and they're like big helpers for me too. Uh, like right now, Clayton is holding her. Uh, earlier, Blake was, I just posted it on TikTok. Um, I was in, because uh, I have a two-year-old uh, little one I'm fostering. And I was cleaning up her room and I could hear something. And I'm like, what is that? Blake is on the couch holding his sister. And he's trying trying to sing Rock, Rockabye Baby. He's <laughs> doesn't know the words, <laughs> all the words. But I'm like, and so i was like I, I caught the tail end of him singing and i was like oh my it just made my heart go puddle in the floor but they're, they're super good um clayton like if i need if i'm holding the baby and i need a bottle they'll grab a bottle grab the diaper grab the wipes they're i mean they're super awesome with her and uh i'm a little bit worried as she gets older <laughs> two big brothers that are going to be super protective and of course she's got me as well so um but yeah there blake um i think blake uh, uh i think blake's um connection with her is a little different from uh clayton and um they had a little sister when they went into foster care for some reason their little sister <clears throat> excuse me did not go into foster care and we've lost her in translation uh, from what i understand she eventually did and she got adopted out and so blake's always remembered her and um so now he has another mm. little sister he's so super concerned i'll be changing her diaper on the couch and she'll start to like roll a little bit and he'll dart over there thinking she's going to fall off the couch or something i'm like i got her blake calm down it's going to be okay buddy but they uh, they're super awesome big brothers you know and that's that's an interesting story that you you know very intimate because i think a lot of times you know, especially these kids that are coming out of the foster care system and they're becoming adopted. And as they're trying to connect and as they're trying to be part of a family, I think a lot of times we don't really consider the pain, the loss, the hurt that they've gone through mm -hmm. and how they're desperately hoping that the adopted family will be beautiful and, and take care of them. But there's always this itch in the back of their heart, in the back of their mind that's going, what if? Yeah. 
Now, what if this doesn't work out? Is my heart going to be broken again? So how much of myself do I invest into this family? Mm-hmm. And even even children that will um, uh, do some bad behaviors just to so the family will be like, oh, no, this is not a perfect fit. That way they they save the heartache on themselves from the family for if they made a choice or decision or yelled at them or something. The child will come in and be just be disruptive. So the family will just go ahead and say, this doesn't work. You need to go on. So the ch- some of these children are trying to save a, the heartache before it would happen. Most of the time it doesn't happen, but um, it's really sad. It's very sad. Yeah. And I think that's a, a call and a challenge to adoptive parents and even foster parents is recognizing that a lot of times that kid coming into your home is acting out not so much to be bad, but it's a defense mechanism for them not to get close then not open their heart. And so you have to dig in even harder and entrench yourself in your commitment to love them through that pain. Absolutely. So your your post today, it was either today or yesterday that I wanted to talk about because I had the same experience as you did. And that's you're holding your little baby girl and you're like, Man, how come babies smell so good? I mean, I don't know what it is, but newborns smell amazing until they poop. Yeah, I don't know what it was. And that that was that video. Oh, gosh, that was a repost. I think she was probably just about two weeks old, um, maybe three weeks old. Like, it was like, that's a real thing. People were telling me about it. But like, and then I was, wow, like, why does this baby smell so good? I mean, you just want to start nibbling on them. I know. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> their little toes. I don't know. There's, what, there's something about their little toes. Like you want to nibble on them. I, like, and it's just amplified for me because I've never had this experience. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's amazing. But so you know, it, when I originally posted that video, I got a lot of hate for it in um, like, obviously it's a different audio. I'm not, I'm not really biting her and stuff like that. No. And, but it got, uh, a lot of folks were mad about it and a lot of folks reported the video and had it taken down for a moment and I appealed it, but it was, that just what hit me. Like particularly women that have been hurt are not accustomed to seeing a man being loving without any, you know, the negativity or those kind of things. And that's why I changed my header and TikTok to normalizing affectionate dads and because of that, that experience. And, trying to understand where these folks are coming from, but at the same time, letting them understand for me that it's not acceptable to project your insecurities or your trauma onto me or my family. Um, I hate that these things happen to you and that a lot of guys are douchebags, but uh, this, this was a very innocent post. Yeah, that I think a lot of men and women struggle with men who are, I mean, they want them to be affectionate, but then when they see it, they're uncomfortable by it or they're like, is it authentic? Because their experience has not been truly beautiful as it should be, right? Because I think there is a place for dads to be gentle and, and loving and, and adoring their kids. And, you know, you know, just like the mama, you know, wanting to smell that baby and nibble on the toes and cuddle them up and, you know, and then roughhouse them too. But, yeah. um, you know, I think 
you know, societally we've done, and I think this is breaking down, right? I think societally, especially, you know, when I look back at my dad and even before him, my grandfather, you know, to have, to show affection wasn't necessarily something a man did. It's like, I'm showing you affection by going to work and busting my butt and giving you a home and putting food on the table. And while that was good, you know, I think we need to break that down and say, you know what, dad, you can be affectionate. You can be loving. You can kiss on your kids and, and, and it not be weird. Yep. I agree. I agree. I mean, my dad, uh, my dad was, uh, when he was around, <laughs> like he, he, uh, he was a playful dad and, uh, was stern when he needed to be, but was loving when he needed to be. And, uh, which was totally different from his father. His father was just this, this, there was no, there was nothing. It was just my, my papa, as I call him was very like, this is how it is. And he was the same way with me too. <laughs> um, so it was a little nice to see that I got a little bit of that playful, uh, affectionate, uh, stuff from my dad. Uh, when, when he was around and so but <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my dad was great. I mean, I, I often talk about, you know, being blessed with a, a dad that was very engaged with us kids. I'm the oldest of eight kids and, you know, he was a Navy guy. So there was a standard attention and salute and you do it my way, but he also was very loving and very kind and, played with us and wrestled with us. And, you know, we did a lot of stuff, camping and boating. And, and the one thing that just really, when I look back, you know, not only was he playful and kind, but he also owned when he messed up. I mean, he would, he would go and sulk and go for long walks when he became too harsh with us, or he felt like he was overbearing and he would, he would always come back and apologize and say, I wasn't at, at my best and I will try to do better as a dad. And I think that's ultimately as a dad, you know, the best that we can do is, you know, always being, you know, trying to be better as a dad to our kids than, than we were yesterday. Absolutely. I agree. And I, of course I, I didn't get that kind of experience that you did uh, with your father, but I I've had my moments of parenting fails. And even to this day, even to this exact day, I had a moment that I had to just drive away from, like cool off uh, before I really got into it. Uh, and um, that's one thing I think I've, I've learned really well uh, over the, since 2014 is to self-regulate before I get into it because I'm, I have a very hot temper. And of course I, I got a, a, Got a nice heart, but a dirty mouth. <laughs> what I say when I'm uh, in those emotions and, uh, but I'm quick to, if I say something out of place or if I get a little bit too loud to calm down, come back and say, look, I shouldn't approach that that way um, and apologize and try to move on and try to do better the next time. Well, you know, I know too, you are carrying the added weight of being a foster dad an adopted dad and a single dad. Yeah. Right. So I, there, there's not very many men that are carrying that kind of load. So, you know, when you have those moments, 
where you're not everything that you aspire to be and you have to take that walk. You have to separate yourself. How are you managing that as a single dad? So, well, they're good. They, like, so I have a teenager in the house. So today I was like, I need you to just sit right here for five to 10 minutes. I'm driving down the road and I'll be right back. And I went to the stop sign, turned around, came back and I sit in uh, the car for probably another 10 minutes or so. So that's, uh, that's, that's the only way I can do it. Uh, but I do have if something where I need a little bit more time. My sister is seven minutes away. Three of them are seven minutes away. My mom's seven minutes away. And um, they, they, even when the girls were sick and I needed someone to come over and grab the boys, uh, they were over super quick and uh, helped me get the girls ready and stuff like that. So I'm blessed to have a supportive village between uh, immediate family and friends. So that's nice. <laughs> 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 I, don't know what I, I don't know what I would do without them because trying to maintain like I have a pretty much a 50 hour work week uh, and that career, you know, is I, I just can't throw that away. Uh, otherwise, I can't take care of my kids financially. Um, and then, of course, social media, which is not as, as important as my career, but it brings in, you know, extra income and stuff to do extra fun stuff with. Yeah, that that balance. And you may have, I'm not sure if you talked about it, but I think it it was either you or another dad that talked about it, about how here I am a, a single dad and I'm trying to balance work. And when I need time off for work, it's kind of an awkward discussion because they're like, wait, you're the dad. Why do you need time off? Why do you need to take care of your kids? And that's still another societal thing that needs to be considered, especially given so many single moms, so many single dads, you know, giving them the space to take care of their kids and recognize they're not trying to abandon their responsibilities as an employee, as a team member, but they have bigger responsibilities in the home that sometimes take you away from that job. There's a baby's not doing so well. I'm gonna, can I go check on her for just- Yeah, go check, go check. Go quick, quick, quick. <laughs> that That's the beauty of having a podcast is we can uh, take the time and, and show the authentic discussions and the reality of life. You know, obviously Michael's here. And uh, he's given me some time to share with you guys his experiences as an adopted dad, a single dad, and a foster dad. And sometimes you got to be pulled away to take care of those things. And that's okay. This is real life, Jody. This is it's real life, right? That's why I just kept talking about it. Because I think a lot of times, you know, we feel bad. We feel guilty because real life happens. And sometimes the most important thing that you as a dad can do is step away and take care of those kids. Absolutely. So my, my teenager was responsible for the baby and he decided he's going to put her down and go wash his face, which is good. Like he needs to do that, but like, what, just give me a few more minutes. She's <laughs> um, spoiled. She likes to be held, but I do like talking about the, the job stuff. And so like, I don't think that was their conversation, but I, I love to talk about it because uh, how it has affected me. Like, I have a, an extremely amazing a boss I look up to, and he is understanding. In my previous roles, I've not had that kind of support. Um, even through my first adoption, here, like, um, I could have taken FMLA, um, my first adoption, and I didn't because I felt like 
I would probably get in trouble or something, which technically they couldn't do. But um, and it was it was like frowned upon in a way. I felt like it was frowned upon. Whereas if I was carrying the child and, I, you know, I was a lady and I had given birth, I would be expected to take that time off uh, and to, you know, take care of my health and bond with the baby and uh, those kind of things. So I was it was really awkward then. But my my boss, I'm strictly working under him. He uh, when the told him about the baby and he was like, oh, OK, <laughs> he's like, what, what can I do to support you? And I was like, well, I said, I said, I don't I, I can't financially take 12 weeks off of work. But if I can move some vacation time around and take like two weeks back to back support from admin stuff, third week and then the fourth week, have another vacation and stuff like that. And I said, I'll still be around texting emails and picking up stuff. And I just won't be in restaurants for a long time. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And even um, <clears throat> in our company, we frown, we have July blocked off. So no one typically can take their paid vacations in July. Uh, and when I told him like, Adoption's probably going to be around July 3rd and it end up being July 7th. And he came to me and said, well, look, you still got another vacation. Do you want to move it to that week? And like super, I'm like, are you yeah, sure? That's awesome. <laughs> so it's nice to have that experience now, but I can, I can see where it's, because uh, I've had some awkwardness in the beginning of being a, a dad. <laughs> so. No, that's good. Well, I know, I know you need to get to your kids. So in kind of final wrap up, you know, being a foster dad, adopted dad, a single dad, what have you learned in the process that you think is really important for any dad? For any dad? Uh, that's a tough one, Jody. I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> um, uh, sometimes we beat ourselves up and we think our uh, or the good we do is not enough. And I think if we, we need to take a step back and see what we were really doing and uh, how that is helping your children or hindering your children uh, from growing and um, life, life does get busy, whether you're, you know, a single father or a father that's married, life always gets busy, especially in this crazy world we're living in. So just like put a pause on things and make sure we're spending appropriate amount of time with her kids. Yeah, I love that. Well, I want to thank you for taking some time. Um, guys, please go check him out on TikTok. It's Michael Quintock. And I mean, he's sharing his journey as a dad. He's sharing stuff with his kids. It's really sweet. I mean, it, I mean, there is no other word. It is sweet. It's authentic. It's beautiful. And I think we need more dads like you that are truly sweet and authentic and real with their kids and open and, and sharing their hearts, sharing their journey and being raw. I think more men to see that. So mad kudos to you. And, and I wore the hat today, my roar hat in honor of you, because I think so many of us dads, especially single and adopted dad, divorced dads, you know, a lot of times we're, we're going through the heavy stuff. Right. And we're trying to shoulder it. We're trying to put on a good face. But in inside, we're in a mess. <laughs> and you just got to keep pushing, right? Keep pushing. And, you know, people see the way that you stand. They may not see the internal chaos, but they see the way that you stand. And I'm telling you, you are 
you are the epitome of a good father. So thank you so much for the example that you set. Thank you, Jody. I appreciate that. Yeah, no problem. Well, guys, thank you so much to, uh, for joining us. Please remember to like, share, subscribe, and share this sucker. And uh, go go out to jodycedric.com. Check out the dad swag. I got some hats and mugs that I'm that I'm that I've created, and I got a new book coming out. I got it's all edited. I'm waiting for the final co cover, and so I'm hoping it'll be out September. So knock on wood. Look for that. And uh, thank you once again, Mike, uh, <laughs> Michael. So appreciate you taking the time to meet with me. Thank you, Jody. You have a good night. Yeah, go love on that baby, man. Yes, sir. See you. All bye. right. See you guys next week. I got you. It's coming. Are you ready to ignite the fire? We are Speak Fire. Oh, and by the way, that's fire with a Y. What's going on, everyone? Internal fire. Student fire. Young fire. Father's fire. Leadership fire. Champion fire. <laughs> <laughs> Unlocking the fire within. Thank you all for tuning in. Let's grow. Speak fire. Speakfire.com. Speak fire with a Y. We have a new episode that comes out every Monday at 4 a.m. Are you going to be up with us? Deuces.